begin this episode of Testimony in Musician Story presented by Soundseekers, Robert Shepard shares his testimony. Shepard talks about the success of his hit record, Game Time, which is close to hitting 10 million streams, is featured in the new NBA 2K video game, has a remix with Shaquille O'Neal, and got him a contract with Columbia Records. Shepard also exclusively announced information about his new EP releasing soon. I am Gaelica Brown, and this is Soundseekers Presents Testimony, a Musician Story. So I was born in Miami, raised in Hollywood. Uh, Hollywood is roughly like 20 minutes from Miami. Uh, okay. It's kind of like a little suburb, so yeah. And um, do you mind if I asked when you were born? Yeah, I was born 1997. Oh my uh, gosh, so young. Young dude, <laughs> right. A young cat. So the suburbs of Hollywood compared to Miami, how is that? Yeah, it's a little different. Um, since it's only like 20 minutes away, uh, you kind of still get the Miami feel. Miami's so diverse in like, like races, religion, cultures. So like you have like various types of Hispanic, you have Haitians, you have Dominicans, you have like Asian people, you have all types of, of races in Miami. So it's really dope about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so Hollywood is kind of the same. It's just not as, as busy or congested um, as Miami. So. Okay. So it's still diverse in Hollywood. Extremely diverse. Yep. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And did you grow up in a two parent household? I did not. Uh, so my dad left when I was eight and I was raised by a single mom, three of us. Okay. Where do you fall in the lineup of the kids? I'm the middle child. So am I of three. (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy. Okay. And was it a Christian household? Yeah. My mom is a solid believer. Uh, she raised us up to, to love the Lord, fear the Lord, and serve in our local church. So, yeah, most definitely. When did it connect with you, though? Because you grew up with it, but when did you have that personal connection? Yeah. Man, I love this question because I feel like there's a moment where you're saved and there's a moment where, like, things start to really become clear. And uh, the Lord just starts impacting in a deeper way. I would say I was probably saved around like nine, ten years old, which is kind of crazy. You know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. it's really young. But I feel like the Lord was just like drawing my heart towards him, especially um, in the season that my dad left. You know what I'm saying? Processing that um, and having like godly mentors in my life, they showed me that, that God is father. And, and that might sound basic or cliche, but um, like as a young a young man at that point or a kid at that point, I think that's the, the, the thing I really needed to see God as. And uh, I would say that's where it initiated. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I feel like God was working, you know what I'm saying, since before, but I feel like that's when it kind of, I really started seeing God move and actually provide for us. I feel like um, in that season, when my dad left, it was, my mom raised three of us and we went through like rough times. Um, we almost lost our home. We, we were like low on, on food, low on finances. And God would, would use through my mother's prayers, like our neighbors to actually help bring food and bring clothing to us. And I was just like, in, in, in my wrestle with God, like, why would this happen? And, and, and why is it happening to us specifically, me specifically? Um, as I was processing the whole thing, I would see God move. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, okay, so this happened, but God is still providing. This happened, but God is still present. And uh, that started to draw my heart. And uh, and around middle school is when it kind of like 
flipped the switch because, you know, I, I'm, I, was, I was getting discipled around that time. So I was just like, okay, God is real. I know God loves me. You know what I'm saying? And, mm-hmm. and, and, and I'm still trying to understand what his plan is for my life. So I did go in a couple bumps on the road. Um, you know what I'm saying? With a whole bunch of like just bad company. You know what I'm saying? Not bad company. People who made bad decisions. Um, I would often be amongst them. Um, not always doing what they did, but often like in fights and you know what I'm saying? Just yeah. like trying to be the tough guy. And and uh the Lord really snatched me up from that because I remember I think it was seventh grade. I had a buddy of mine, he started selling cocaine. Um, in middle school, Dang. which is crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> that is like, what? Maybe that's the, that Miami. Yeah, <laughs> I was just thinking about it the other day. I'm like, that is a very crazy. Young experience. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, especially, unless, yeah, I've told, in that, like, the Lord was kind of like, this is what I'm going to save you from. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And, and in that same season, um, the Lord was just drawing my heart and convicting me. You know what I'm saying? Because I was in the midst of a, of a group of friends. I used to love to fight. I used to love to, like, prove myself. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was like that dude. And, uh, man, the Lord started convicting me. <laughs> he just, like, uh, I put you in the midst of all these all these people, and, and I want you to, to, to be a light for them. I don't know if I'm dragging on too long. I no, like, no, no, it's good. Right, cool. So I'm just curious because you said you were like eight when your dad left. So, and it sounds like you had a pretty vivid memory of that time. Mm -hmm. So was it something like completely challenging? Like, were you like mainly upset? Were you sad? Was it like, why are you leaving? Was it like anger towards him? Like, like how did you feel? Right, right, right. So I think the awesome thing, I just want to clarify, right now I have a dope relationship with my dad. You know what I'm saying? By God's grace, like, able to, like, repair those things, reconcile, actually talk about these things yeah. with him. And awesome. I, have a, I, have a, I have a great relationship with him now. But growing up, um, like, even, so I was doing inner city mentorship in Chicago, and you realize it's, like, a tra- it's a traumatic experience to live in, in a single-parent household, right? Because you are actually missing something that is key to the family unit, whether it be the mother or the father, but specifically the father who's supposed to be the head of a household, um, not having that there leads to all types of dysfunction, whether we realize it or not, whether it's shown at the moment or years down the line. Um, so yeah, I was, I was upset. I was angry. I was angry at him. I was angry at God. I was angry at myself because I felt like it was something I did. You know what I'm saying? Because you don't process something like that because it's not the way it's supposed to be. You know what I'm saying? So we just, we know that there's something initially wrong. I couldn't put my thumb on it, but I was just like, how come so-and-so has lives with their dad? You know what I'm saying? And, and I didn't have that unique experience. And uh, I remember through that, God would, would just like start working on my heart through mentors and people who would care on me, who would affirm me, who would speak life into me. And that's one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about mentorship and discipleship now. You know what I'm saying? For the next generation, young adults, high school, college, I dedicate most of my time to doing stuff like that because I'm recognizing, like, the true power behind speaking life into somebody younger than you and actually being there for them. Like, they were for me. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I definitely, there was frustration there. There was a lot of questioning. There was a lot. And, and, and in reality, there was a lot of loss. You know what I'm saying? I think loss would be a big word. And then back to the story, like in middle school, like I would try to fulfill that loss with a community of friends. 
know what I'm saying? Yeah. Who, who felt the similar experiences. And by God's grace, like I was saying, he kind of drew me out of that. Like I had a, a buddy. He was actually part of a church. He was a pastor's kid. Uh, he overdosed on heroin. Um, and I was what? Yeah, I was what? Uh, eighth grade? <laughs> Jeez, junior high was yeah. rough. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. So like it was a whole bunch of stuff. I had, yeah, I had buddies who were like, getting in gangs. And uh, entering into high school, like, at the end of eighth grade, I feel like the Lord just flipped the switch on me. Like, I was, I was a believer at that point, I believe, but it's a, a unique experience. It's one time, and, and, and not everybody has this. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes it's just like the Lord is just working on my heart. But I, could, I recall vividly uh, me being baptized for, like, the 500th time because Hispanic churches tend to do that. And... Uh, I'm about to hit the water. Uh, it's like almost like a celebration. It's not like an emotional thing because I've done it a bunch of times. Everybody's like, oh, just getting baptized again. I was like, yeah. But this time, I remember I was about to hit the water and even entering into the water. I was just like, oh, shoot. Like, I just, there was just something different about this time. And uh, I remember the Holy Spirit just, just working on my heart. I'm in the water. Everybody's like smiling, eating barbecue, like not, and I just started tearing up. And they're like, oh, shoot, Jeff's tearing up. I was like, and I just, I recall, I recall the Holy Spirit like pressing on my heart. Whatever people believe, how they say, but I feel like the Lord was pressing on my heart saying, like, it is time for you to live for me with all that you have. Yeah. Um, and the, you cannot shy away because I, I'm going to show you who I am. I was like, dang. So I get baptized and it's like something flipped in me, something. And it was the Lord, you know what I'm saying, who did the work in my heart. And then we started a Bible study. <laughs> a whole bunch of knuckleheads. Like, right after that? Right. Like it, we were, we were kind of like initiated something like that. My, mm -hmm. my older brother would help lead it. But I feel like that was kind of like the real like breakthrough with it. Uh, I transitioned into high school. We started that Bible study and we were like continuing with it. It was like 15 of us, right? And then we started Bible study on campus too, Fridays during lunch. Oh, you were live on fire with it. Man, God moved in a powerful way. It was like on campus, it was like three to five of us every week for, for almost the first two years. Okay. And then just praying and, and making relationships, the Lord just started doubling that, tripling that. And then at a certain point, we had 75 students uh, showing up to the, wow. to the Bible studies during lunch. Yeah, during lunch, which is crazy. That was the hardest yeah. time. Yeah, because uh, everyone's just trying to kick it during lunch. <laughs> right, right. They're just trying to chill. They ain't trying to, you know, yeah. say anything about God. And uh, from that, that poured into the to the youth group that we had, the Bible study we had. So then I'm having 75 people show up to my house. And we have to have services on my front yard. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, we don't fit in the house. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, just, just seeing God move in a powerful way uh, through that and through young people. I took that experience into Chicago when I go to, and I'll get into that later, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. That's awesome. Okay. So then you were known as that dude in high school and that, that believer in high school, there's like no denying it. Yeah. They would joke around calling me Tim Tebow Jr. Cause I played football. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was, uh, I was the starting middle linebacker for the varsity team. Okay. So, yeah. Wow. Did yeah. you, did you do your Tim Tebow too? Were you doing your prayers on the field? <laughs> What was dope is that we had a Christian coach. His name was Coach Lang, and uh, he would actually pray before the games with us. Uh, so I think it was dope because we could build, like, a, a dope camaraderie. Mm -hmm. Not all the guys believed in – they believed in God, you know what I'm saying, in the sense of that there's somebody there. But, like, there was a, a more profound uh, 
understanding of God when we had the one-on-one conversations. And what's dope is I actually moved back here to Florida and one of my old football teammates came to Christ, which is amazing. And he was just like, I remember when you used to talk to us about God. And I was like, I ain't trying to hear it. And now he's out here killing it in the high schools and colleges. So right on. Yeah, That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. Give me and, one, one second. Okay. It's all good. Alright. So you mentioned being Hispanic. Do you mind if I ask exactly what you are? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm Costa Rican and Cuban. Costa Rican and Cuban. What can, what's exactly Costa Rican? <laughs> it's in Costa Rica. Okay. It's next to like Nicaragua and stuff. Got it. And um, because traditionally, for the most part, at least, I don't know, I'm not like some expert, but a lot of the Hispanics that I know Mm. are Catholic. Mm. Um, Was that something that is popular in Florida as well? Yeah, so I think that's in Hispanic culture, I feel like majority of like, I would say converts would start off Catholic. (laughs) Like Catholicism is an attractive like religion in South America and Central America. And I think, uh, you know, as you continue to unfold the scriptures and start to become biblically literate, you see like uh, biblical Christianity is different from just the standard Catholicism that you see like in South America and Central America. So, but yeah, it definitely starts off like that for most. I have a lot of family members who are Catholic. And okay, so you, we got through high school. Did you go to college? I dropped out of college. <laughs> I dropped out of college. I got offered this internship. I went to the Legacy Conference back when I was like 17. Um, and uh, I, I found a conference who was like about discipleship, had a whole bunch of like dope pastors there, a bunch of dope artists performing. And I was yeah, doing Legacy music at the still, time. Yeah. 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 That's the fam. Yeah. And uh, I got offered, I went to the conference. I kicked it with like uh, Brian Dyer, which is a director and pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, at the Legacy Conference and a couple of them. I stayed at his house and then I got offered an internship to stay uh, for a year. Okay. So, so yeah, that's, that's when you're referring to the work in Chicago. That's what you're referring yeah. to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I stayed there for three years, not one. Wow. <laughs> so I was in college and I feel like the Lord was calling me to Chicago and I had just turned 19. I'm like, yo, this is a big step. You know what I'm saying? And But I feel like the Lord was calling me to, to go mentor high school students and be discipled by Brian and uh, be active with the local church and, and, and really learn what it looks like to serve the church. And so I went right out of college. <laughs> That's crazy. So yeah. how is that, though? You're star football player, um, mm-hmm. just young Christian dude on fire. Mm-hmm. And you're, I mean, you're, like, basically a teenager. Yeah. How is it combating, like, everything that teenagers have to deal with as far as dating and drugs and depending on where you you live maybe even you know gang violence or being a part of you know gang activity like how do you stay strong and battle through all of that yeah I think looking back um like growing up as a teenager and stuff like that I realized that one I could definitely there's there's a couple of things I think one is God's grace you know what I'm saying I can't be here and be like yeah I did all these things and mustered up through my own courage and um you know what I'm saying cuz like nah Lord man this is like situation the Lord really like snatched me out of by his grace I think godly mentors um in my life I cannot stop I cannot stop harping on that because 
they were able to encourage me, speak life into me, give me wisdom when I had questions and doubts, uh, even when I wrestled with my faith and what it looks like to serve God and love God. And okay, but the world looks attractive. This is what everybody else is doing. Like they helped really encourage me in the things of God. And, and, and my mother and my older brother, um, they, really, they really helped me in that. And uh, I, I would say, I think the extreme circumstances that I share with you, I feel like in God's great design, you know, say he works all things for our good. I think in those extreme circumstances that I faced at a younger age, um, and I was kind of like, I saw with my own eyes, I feel like that helped me see that there wasn't anything greater than God. You know what I'm saying? There was nothing more fulfilling than God. So like, if I'm seeing these things at a young age that are pretty extreme, it's like, yo, what in the world? Like, we were talking in an interview, like, what? Like, you were seventh grade, eighth grade. It's just like, I feel like by God's grace, maybe it's just the way that I was, I'm wired, that he had to show me that early so I could, like, not, like, be in that stuff or, like, entertain that lifestyle. Um, I think it's by his grace he did that. So I would say for, like, anybody younger who's listening, you know what I'm saying, anybody who's in, in my shoes when I was that young, it's just like, there's nothing that will satisfy you more than Christ. And uh, I think looking at your life is like you could either trust God and what he says in his word, or you can just do what everybody else is doing. And then you can experience the same thing as them. And and, and, it's, and I think it's a beautiful thing looking back and how by God's grace that he's kept me. Because I could, well, I could have been messed up. <laughs> <laughs> right on, yep. Right. And... How is it dating as a young Christian, like up and coming with rapper? You know what I mean? You're a pretty popular rapper. Like, how's that? Man, it's a unique experience. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's definitely a unique experience. I think uh, for myself, being 22 years old, uh, it's something I do think about a lot. Um, but at the same exact time, like, I think waiting on God is the most powerful thing. Like, I've, I've dated before. And a lot of those didn't end that well. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, and it's because like, it's because of a whole bunch of different factors. But when it, when it comes to dating and it comes to relationships, I think it can be difficult being a musician or even having like any type of platform uh, because like the authenticity or the genuineness of knowing somebody uh, can be overlapped with what you do. And I think that I had a unique experience. One time I went on a date um with this, with this girl and she thought my name was shepherd <laughs> and i was like what you know what I'm saying? like so i and i man it was just a wild experience so and it was she just like, kept calling you shepherd the whole time right and i was just like <laughs> yikes like you i've told you my name a million times and it's just like i think that just gives kind of like a glimpse of what the experience can be you know yeah. what i'm saying that's not always going to be that it's not the same i'm not going to project that as an overall experience but uh, we, we have a unique, I feel like we have a unique experience as artists, as influencers, people with a platform, even being vocal on campus. You know what I'm saying? I was, I was one of the few like believers on campus at the time. So like having to stand up with my faith and be like, oh no, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for marriage or I, I date with the intent of marriage or I, I date Christian women because you know what I'm saying? This is what the word says could be really foreign to a lot of people. Uh, one, of the, one of the kids, I, yeah, extremely foreign. You know what I'm saying? It's like, nah, I like I'm going to go do my own thing. And, and in reality, when you do your own thing, like, 
there's consequences. You know what I'm saying? Like whether we like to say it or not, that sounds everybody hates that word, by the way. And so it's just like <laughs> you bring up consequences, but reality consequences could be either good or bad. So waiting on the Lord, um, and getting to know people in a genuine way and establishing a friendship, I think, and that's a, a healthy way to engage in dating. You know what I'm saying? A healthy way to engage in getting to know a sister in Christ. I feel like as like Christian men, some, some of us could tend to forget, like, this is your sister in Christ first. And if that's not, if that's not a forefront of your mind, you're not going to treat her like a, a sister in Christ. And that, that, that should be something that should convict you and also should put some fear in you because God, that's God's daughter. You know what I'm saying? Um, so that's, that's definitely how I've been seeing it. Facts. I need to repeat that part. <laughs> <laughs> put it on a bullhorn. Right. And how does God's presence look in your life personally, like not music-wise, just personally? Yeah, personally, uh, I definitely, I feel like most in tune with God when I'm reading my Bible, you know what I'm saying, spending time in silence and being able to try to try to understand and just memorize what I've been reading and praying. I love, and it's a, aside from music, I love worship music. Like if, if I'm feeling dry or I feel like, okay, I need to hear from the Lord, Typically, the way that I'm wired, I put worship music and I'm just drawn in. Um, it's because worship is not about us. <laughs> it's not, it's literally the singular focus of worship is God. And I feel like through worship music, through hearing sermons, through being in community, that's the presence of God in my life because that's what's mandated in scripture. Um, I think God outlines that in a beautiful way that's like, you know, remain in community, a godly community, remain in my word. I seek my face. You know what I'm saying? It's just like these, these, these basic yet like life fulfilling steps uh, in this journey of knowing God uh, really make everything personal to you. It's, it just, it, it goes beyond a surface level. God, hi, I'm here. Bye. You know what I'm saying? Or I need this. Bye. It's more like, God, how can I be like you? Um, I was talking with a couple of buddies, talking to this one dude I'm discipling. He's in high school and then, uh, Typically, we like talk about scriptures before we work out and because uh, he's on a football team. And uh, I was like, when you see Jesus's life, what do you see? And he was answering like, OK, I see a leader. I see someone who's humble. I see someone who who loves people. And I, and I was like, I challenged him. I was like, yo, when you wake up in the morning, you pray to God. You're like, Jesus, I want to be like you in these three areas, four areas. And, and I could like have that in your mind. And that's. I believe that's a way of like acknowledging the presence of God. It's, it's, it's reminding yourself who Jesus was and how that's going to influence your actions. Um, I also see the presence of God of being active in, in, in my faith. And uh, when I evangelize, when I share the gospel, when I encourage a brother and sister, when I spend time praying with somebody, I see the presence of God there um, because through scriptures, we know that the spirit of God dwells within us. Um, so it's just being active with that with that blessing of having God within us and in other people. Right on. Yeah. I, mm -hmm. I love, I think for me, it's more, it's like most impactful in my life when I see the presence in other people, mm. um, because it's easier to witness other people. And when you see, especially if you're like praying with someone to get through something and then they get through it and you see how God moved. Wow. Yeah. Or like, well, why do you believe? Well, because I literally see God working and it's not just in my life because anyone can be like, well, you know, that, that could have been you. Like, you know, that, that wasn't all God, that was you. But when you have other people that you've witnessed it in, it's like, no, it's, 
like undeniable. I see God. <laughs> right, right. For sure, for sure. That's awesome. All right. So now let's move into the music. Go crazy. <laughs> when did you start getting into music? Yeah, I would say I started writing when I was like eight or nine years old. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah, I felt like music was a way that I could kind of like capture my emotions, capture what I'm feeling, what I'm seeing, what I'm experiencing. Um, even if it wasn't as good, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was just words. Like I didn't know what a 16 bar was. I didn't know what a hook was. I was just writing in a notebook, big okay. old notebook, and just filling each page back and forth, back and forth with just whatever I thought. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I started writing eight, nine years old. I got challenged. I have a cousin who does Spanish Christian hip hop. And I met him in New Jersey, and he was one of the dudes uh, who really encouraged me in my face, put me on into Christian hip-hop. And I barely knew anybody in Christian hip-hop except for, like, I think, like, Trip Lee. I heard a couple of songs by him and Lecrae and Ambassador. You know what I'm saying? But very vaguely. I didn't listen to him a lot. Yeah. Um, but I go to Jersey to visit family. I have a cousin there who's a huge Christian hip-hop head. He's giving me CDs. He's giving me books on theology. He's like, yo, this is, you know what I'm saying? And and he really helped spark that. I was probably around 13. And uh, I actually recorded my first song with him. His verse was in Spanish. Mine was in English. And I got a couple thousand views. And I was just like, what? Okay. <laughs> I was like 14. I was like, is we got a thousand. Yeah. Is that huh? what gave you that, that itch then and injury win? <laughs> yeah, because like it was something that I loved and I was passionate about. And I just saw God like giving grace and favor in it. You know what I'm saying? Like. I didn't know what I was doing. I, I was practicing on a, what's it called? Like a camera on my, on my laptop. I was okay. wrapping into one of the like eye camera things for meetings like this. And I was trying to mix it on my laptop. It was horrible. <laughs> and then my cousin was like, yo, I got a professional a studio. Come check it out. And he actually helped me with like syllable counts, bars, and, and just like all these different things. And uh, man, I just felt passionate about it. So then we just started doing shows all over Florida. I'm hitting everybody up, every church up. Sometimes we'll have shows with two people there, and one of them's me. You know what I'm saying? Okay. <laughs> it was, like, super empty. <laughs> and it was, like, there was no AC. You know what I'm saying? And people were coming in and out. It's like, but I was just so passionate about it. Yeah. I was able to talk about my life, be able to talk about my faith, be able to talk about whatever. And then little by little, I just seen God move, and we started doing tours in Florida, me and a group called Young Souls, just young believers who – we're just passionate for Jesus, too. And uh, that's when things started getting traction. And, yeah, it's just started going up. And did you always go by Shepherd? Yeah. So I had, like, my name's Jeffrey. But mm -hmm. I went by, like, J-something when I was, like, 10. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I saw it was horrible. I was like, why in the world would I choose that name? Uh, but I started going with Shepherd around, like, 13, 14. I actually had a mentor challenge me. Um, because I was going to a church at the time who was like, Christian hip hop is not from God. Like, it was really weird. You know what I'm saying? It was an interesting season. Um, loved people from that church. It was just like, those some things that were kind of wild. And it was, it was actually, uh, she encouraged me. She was like, Jeff, I see like you're passionate for music. Uh, what is your name going to be? And I was like, Jay, I think it was like Jay Money or something like that. And she was <laughs> like, nah, that can't be it. And yeah. I was like, yeah, I, I was like, yeah, that's probably not Maybe it. Maybe Jay Tide. But right. <laughs> and I was just like, man, it cannot be it. And uh, she was just like, there, there, there has to be something that sticks out. 
Like, who do you want to be known as? And I was just praying about it for a while. And uh, I started thinking about, like, what do I want to do with my music? Um, and I think about a shepherd. I think one is that they help lead. And, and I want to help lead the culture. I want to help lead the next generation. I want to help lead the people who listen to my music to know God. Um, it might not look in the most conventional way, like standard Christian hip hop, because Game Time, my biggest record, isn't that entirely. But I still, you still see and hear like things about God in the record. 2K20 just added Game Time to it, and it didn't blur out anything about God. You know what I'm saying? Awesome, it, was, yeah. it was just super dope. That is amazing. So it's like, yeah, it's amazing. By God's grace, we're on a platform that hundreds of thousands of people play, and there's a Christian song on it. And uh, for me, that's an encouragement. For me, it's like I'm doing my job right, um, which is dope. It's very unique. Um, but, yeah, Shepherd, I want to help lead. I want to help take care of God's people in that, encourage them and, and point them to God. And that's, that's the, the core focus of my music. So, and let's talk about game time. Um, yeah. Looks like that's the plaque that you got on the wall behind you. Four oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, update that. <laughs> what do you know where it's at right now? Yeah, I think we're at nine point five. Wow. Yeah, we're about to hit ten. I think in the next like two or three weeks, ten million. That's crazy. Congratulations. Appreciate that. Thank you so much. I mean, you've had huge success off that one record. Um, mm -hmm. Like you, you mentioned, two K added the song. Mm -hmm. um, what you got a remix with Shaq? Mm -hmm. Like, how did that happen? Man, so a whole bunch of things were happening at once. It was, like, overwhelming. I was working at T-Mobile at the time. I love telling <laughs> stories, if you can't tell. So I'm working at T-Mobile. <laughs> I'm selling cell phones, and I'm living in Chicago doing ministry. Um, part of that mentorship uh, organization called Grip Outreach for Youth, amazing organization that I definitely respect and grateful for. And uh, so one of the bus busiest seasons of my life, I wrote that song, Game Time, at my pastor's house. I waited a year to release it just to have all the right relationships, the right mixes, all the video quality, because I rebranded the song like 10 times uh, just so it could have longevity. And by God's grace, it has. And um, man, I get a call. No, actually, I got a message after the song started blowing up. Before, it's before I hit the Beast Mode playlist where it's the fastest growing song since the first couple hours. Like, I think we hit 50,000 the first day. And I was just like, yo, all right, that's more than I hit on my other song yeah. entirely. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I was like, dang, this is dope. Um, and then, like, one day, like, the Toronto Raptors DJ sends me a DM with, like, the eye emojis. I click it, and there's a video of them playing during the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. In the stadium. I was like, yo, yeah. this is crazy. And then another day, like, I get an email from Fox Sports. They're like, we want to use your song. I'm like, what? And then the next day, it gets added to beast mode, and the streams just rack up. I was like, yo, God is good. And really? Uh, really, really exciting time. And that's when uh, Columbia Records hit me up and they offered me a deal. And then I went to New York uh, to sign a contract, to meet the team and, and just discuss next steps. And uh, they were like, if you've got anybody featured on this, this song, like what route you want to take? I'm like, I want to be in 2K20 at the time. You know what I'm saying? So it's crazy how it like, yeah, speaking into full existence. Circle. Yeah. Literally, literally. <laughs> I, mean, I want to be in 2K20. I want to be like in all the gyms because I'm a big gym head. I'm a big sports guy. And then we landed a contract with Planet Fitness, Everyday Fitness, U Fit, 
uh, right. LA Fitness. Like they play the song every day. Yeah. Um, now, because of COVID, I'm not sure as much, but like, yeah, throughout the nation, we landed stuff in Canada. You know what I'm saying? With yeah. hockey teams and stuff. And uh, I was like, I want to keep hitting this route. And they're like, who makes sense? And they were like, I was like, either Damian Lillard or Shaq. You know what I'm saying? Because they're, they're both like sports. Uh, one's a player, one's an analyst and a, and a Hall of Fame legend. And uh, Barry Weiss, who is the owner of records, which is like my, the imprint of Sony that directly okay. like manages me. He's like, you want a song with Shaq? And he's, he's sitting next to me. I'm like nervous because he's like this real, really successful dude and real dope, humble guy. And he's just like, I'll get you a, a feature with Shaq. Give me a second. He steps out, makes a phone call, and I got it. What? I was like, <laughs> I was like, what in the world? That's next morning, I get, a, I get a verse from Shaq. Yeah, next morning, I got a verse from him. That's I'm like, awesome. Shaq. Yeah, insane. <laughs> insane. So I talk to Shaq through email, sometimes through DM. I have yet to meet him in person. We're supposed to shoot a music video, but a whole bunch of stuff. You know what I'm saying? With like Kobe passing away, COVID happening. Yeah. Just a whole bunch of stuff. It kind of got delayed. But man, it's been it's been insane. <laughs> amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. Congratulations. Appreciate that. Thank you so much. And you had a little feature where you were an extra and in the movie Beats with Anthony Anderson. Yeah, I was. So that was also an exciting time. On top of me working at a phone store and all that stuff I was saying, I was pursuing like acting, which is dope. I was working at my previous job at a print shop in a factory. And this lady walked in and we were making stuff for Empire, the TV show. And she's like, she looked at me. She's like, do you act? And I was like, no. She's like, do you want to act? I was like, yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've never done it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's actually one of the funnest things in the world. Like, I really enjoy doing it. And, uh, that same month, I got offered just a, you know, like a background role. I got to meet Anthony Anderson, Dave East. Uh, I met Taraji that same week. A whole bunch of people, um, really dope people. And uh, by God's grace, I started opening doors with that. I started doing stuff with Empire, stuff with Chicago PD, stuff okay. with, uh, yeah. So I've, I've been, I have, I've dabbled in that. So it was, all this was in Chicago then? That's all in Chicago. Okay. Mm-hmm. Everything in Chicago. So you said you worked at a phone place. Are you no longer working at T-Mobile then? Oh, no. I, so I do music full time. You okay. know what I'm saying? It looks different now because, you know, COVID and the shows and stuff. But right now, my main source of income is music. Okay. So, yeah, I do it full time. I enjoy it. And, yeah. All right. Well, moving on, I have a section called the four song breakdown. Mm-hmm. And it's where the artist either raps or recites a verse from a song. Mm. So I was hoping that you can do it for Game Time, Move, and if you had two other songs that you wanted to do, um, like, I don't know, either an older one or if you have something new you want to do. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> dang, all right. Um, dang. All right, so I was not prepared for this part. <laughs> I didn't read the email fully. <laughs> Man, I apologize for that. Because I could definitely tell you about new music coming out. You're going to be the first person to know about this. So <laughs> I'll tell you about this. So basically, I talked with the, the label, um, and they approved for me to release some unreleased music. Obviously, you're going to be the first person to release this. So if you want to put, like, exclusive news or whatever, <laughs> go okay. for it. Um, basically... 
I have a whole bunch of unreleased records. I haven't released music in about a year. And uh, the label just approved a couple of the songs that I could release, but I'm going to release them independently. You know what I'm okay. saying? Because we have bigger projects that we're working on. So I'm planning on releasing uh, one record. It's called Clocked In featuring Derek Minor. And okay. then the next record is Too Easy. And the feature's pending. But if it goes through, it's going to be something pretty huge. Um, okay. Those two songs uh, are going to be part of a, a small EP that I release uh, within the next probably two months. Okay. Uh, exclusive music videos um, for those who like subscribe to my music channels and stuff. So you're the first person to hear that. I apologize about the <laughs> reciting verse. I cannot do that. <laughs> okay. But I would definitely, I could definitely send you the records early if you want to tease those, you know what I'm saying? And be like, we're the first ones to hear that. Rapzilla don't even got it yet. Okay. <laughs> you could. I'm down so. for that. So you said you plan on re uh, releasing it this summer then? Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to release them as soon as possible. I got the green light two days ago, okay. and uh, I am absolutely tired of not releasing music. I'm yeah. literally sitting on like 50 to 60 different songs. Okay. Um, so I was just like, let me just give people something. You know what I'm saying? So. And then in the meanwhile, you're working on what your what debut album with Columbia? Yeah, so right now okay. in the meanwhile, I'm, I'm working on that EP. It's a, it's a, it's a longer EP. Uh, right now, just just closing in on a whole bunch of ideas and stuff like that that we we are envisioning as a team and try to lock in as soon as possible um but you know with that and budgets and takes time uh something for indie artists to to recognize is like things take a lot longer when you're signed to a major label you know what i'm saying it's just like as you're independent you can release music whenever you want um but as as a major label there's like timelines there's like pockets yeah. in between like artists out who are also on the label um, that they have to wait different seasons, stuff like that. Well, that's what um, Lecrae, it's his frustration with being signed to a major label, which was Columbia as well, and why he yeah. ended up leaving. Yeah. Um, okay. I just well, saw that. Yeah, that's true. I just, I just, I think I read an article about that a few days ago. Yeah, I literally just saw it yesterday. Dang, that's crazy. Yeah. So um okay well that's big news congratulations definitely looking forward to the ep and yeah if you want to send me some exclusive songs i won't be mad at that <laughs> <laughs> i got you for sure for sure okay would you mind at least doing a verse from game time yeah mm -hmm. one second yeah <clears throat> game time, game time, game time, letting but with hang time. I sleep on spare time. Oh, yeah, take flight on airlines. What you expect? I know the refs. We know the end. Hey, now, dribble finesse. Come to collect. Any offense, we break down. Born in 97 to a single mother. 20 years later, we run that. Push the T to make it personal. Underdog with a comeback. Feel like LeBron, yeah. We got the stars, yeah. Only faith is in God, yeah. Live aggression, not the law, yeah. Huddle up. I'm past the ridicule pressure. Won't check the truth. I keep the busting that minimal. Uh, but if I got a show boat, I flex in the fact that there's nothing to sicken us. EA, EA, EA. Uh, past the games like relay. Uh, Life take toes like freeways, but homie, we gonna bring change. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And game time, what was the inspiration to even write that? Yeah, so even the cover of the song is me with football pads, and I had dreads at the time. I cut my hair. Um, but, yeah, it was football. <laughs> there was a unique feeling when I got on the field. 
right before the game, crowd is going crazy, the band and the trumpets and the drums and cheerleaders and having your family in the crowd and you have an opposing team. Sometimes it was like intimidating if they had a really good record. And this is like, there was just this feeling you get in your stomach and it was just like, you have to be prepared for that. You practice so hard, sometimes two to two a day as you watch film, you sweat, you change your diet, you, you do weightlifting, you do cardio, you do to prepare for this exact moment. Right. Um, and I'm like, yo, it's game time. In a spiritual sense, it has it has a deeper meaning, not just like sports because I'm a sports head, but it's like a lot of times it's like fear keeps us cooped up in the huddle. You know what I'm saying? It keeps us just planning. It keeps us with just strategizing. But like, when are we gonna get on the field? You know what I'm saying? Like, when are we gonna do the actual work that we've prepared all this time for? A lot of times we we tend to lose heart in the process. We we're like, okay, we do the training, we do the sweating, we do the diet. But like sometimes some, we might feel overwhelmed by all that and quit early. But in reality, we don't recognize how all that actually prepares us for when it's actually game time. It gives us the competitive edge. It gives us the focus. It gives us the preparation. And I think, I think the song really does a good job of encouraging people in that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I remember I would get DMs. Like, people would be like, man, whether it be working out, something simple as that. It's like, man, I haven't worked out in months. I've... I've gained weight and I'm trying to, and your song motivates me or I haven't felt, felt motivated to pursue my passions or my, you know what I'm saying? My, like leave my part-time job and go into business, whatever it is. And the song has like encouraged people in that sense. So the, the, the basis of the song is really encouragement to hype people up, to, to just get after it. It's game time. You know what I'm saying? It's time to, to take action. So. Awesome. All right. Last question. Yep. How does God's presence look in your life musically? Yeah, I think God's presence in my life musically looks like being a light in dark places. I have a unique opportunity right now. Uh, I'm not signed to a Christian label. Um, a lot of my fans aren't believers, you know what I'm saying, which is crazy. Um, I've had commercial success in, in like 2K and like the NBA Finals, NFL, NHL and gyms across the nation. And I think God's presence looks like me being faithful to what he's given me. Um, being able to speak about the things I speak about and not really hold back. Um, again, my music doesn't really sound like everybody else's specifically on how Christian hip hop is tended to be viewed. But you look at my social media, you look at the way I live my life and in my community and stuff like that, you will see that it reflects Christ. And, and by his grace, it does. And, and and with that, I feel like in music, like I was in Atlanta, I was in the studio with uh, Sway Lee's producer and Kodak Black's producer. Um, and we're in a room with like 40 people. I was the wow. only believer there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, to be in those type of spaces and, and still get like, I guess like accommodation or respect for what I do. And, and they were playing game time in the studio and they were rocking with it. It was a very interesting situation. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's, it's dope, you know what I'm saying? To be able to, to be a, be a man of faith and speak about faith and some people rock with it. Some people don't. And I think it looks like being authentic to who you are, because if I let, if I leave the leave thing about it, just practically, right. If I leave the faith component out of who I am and what I do and what I say, my music and my testimony online, whatever, 
I don't think I'm being true to myself at all because it's like, that's my identity. So it's like, I'm hiding my identity to, to appease whom and what. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's so much deeper than that. So I think it's, it's being vocal about who I am in Christ and uh, the opportunity that Christ gives everybody else. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Please subscribe to our show. And if you really enjoy the content, please leave a review. It really does help with the ranking. For all things testimony, visit testimonystories.com. Until next time, I'm Gilika Brown, the music lover constantly seeking positive music.